Hello, I'm Mariet Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on how to take good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is premature ejaculation, causes, solutions and how to talk about it. My guest is Dr. Jeray Serfontein, medical doctor, sexologist and clinical head of My Sexual Health Pretoria. Hello Jeray, thanks for speaking to us. Hello Marie. To our listeners, after our conversation, Jeray will give us her three best tips on how to negotiate sex as a new parent. And then it will be fun question time. Jeray, premature ejaculation is a very sensitive subject. Is this something you often see in your practice? Unfortunately or fortunately, yes. Um, why I say fortunately is because at, then those people can get help. Um, it is an extremely common sexual um, problem that we see and there's some people that spe- actually sexual health experts that think that this is the most common um, sexual dysfunction that men struggle with and there's been reports that there's about one in three men um, that struggle with this problem. What is premature ejaculation or PE? So we can make it a bit complicated with the whole medical term, so I'll go through that first. But what they say is it's ejaculation which occurs prior to or within one minute of penetration or if it develops later in life, a significant reduction in the ejaculation time to around three minutes that it causes concern or which is bothersome. It's often related to to severe personal consequences such as distress. So in short, it's when ejaculation happens earlier than the person affected intended to ejaculate. So there's not a normal standard that it's compared to. So what they say is we... um, if it's always been a problem, it's lifelong premature ejaculation, we look at around, it's often around one minute. So the normal ejaculation time is between five and seven minutes. So we got to a point where we said that if the ejaculation time is less than three minutes after penetration, then it's termed premature ejaculation. But what if your normal was 10 minutes and now it's five minutes? So that's why we say if there's a reduction in the ejaculation time and it causes concern for you, then we can also use the term as premature ejaculation. Right. Is it also known by other names? So there's other um, names that can be used in things like rapid ejaculation, premature climax or early ejaculation. And which types of premature ejaculation are there? So we look at primary and secondary. So primary um, premature ejaculation is also called lifelong premature ejaculation. So meaning from the first sexual contact or sexual encounter you've had, you've always struggled with premature ejaculation. Then we get secondary or acquired premature ejaculation. And that means that your ejaculation time has always been normal. But late in your life, you develop this problem. And that's why we talk about secondary, because it's secondary to something else. 
Could that also happen at a younger age? You say later in life. That could be at any yes, age. Yes, that could be in any age. What we are talking about is a change in, in the normal yeah, pattern. So, yeah, definitely. So primary or lifelong is from the get-go. So the first sexual encounter and all your sexual life you've been struggling with this problem. And secondary is later in your life. And that's regardless of the age, there's a change in your sexual function. Mm-hmm. And then it's secondary. What are the causes? So there's a lot of speculations. We are not 100% sure. But there's speculations and thoughts that it might be genetic. Um, there might be chemical imbalances specifically related to your serotonin levels. Um, there might be receptor sensitivity problems with also serotonin receptors. So there might be a medical explanation for that. Um, there could be psychological problems, things like a performance anxiety, um, anxiety in general, depression. So any mood problem can also lead to premature ejaculation. Other hormonal problems could be a concern, for instance, thyroid issues. And if you, for instance, struggle with inflammation, infection of the prostate, something called prostatitis, there's also been a talk about prostatitis leading to a premature ejaculation. Could it be related to any form of medicine you are taking? No, not necessary. Um, that's a good question, actually. I, I've never seen anything specifically in the literature um, related to that. There's a lot of medication that can cause problems with ejaculation, delaying it, and that's what we actually use as treatment for this. But I haven't seen anything specifically cause premature ejaculation. And does aging influence this? Yes and no. Um, no in the sense that lifelong premature ejaculation has always been there. So primary premature ejaculation is often from the get-go and that's an early age but the older you get you start having increased risk of other sexual problems things like um, erectile dysfunction and if you've got erectile dysfunction um, then you you lose the erection earlier because the erection is not as strong and then you think it's actually a premature ejaculation you climax too early or it just enhances the premature ejaculation so the older we get we get other forms of comorbidities and because of that that can lead to secondary um, premature ejaculation yeah you've you've mentioned quite a few causes if a man comes to you with this problem how do you test for it so there's no specific test. We uh, diagnose it by taking a history. So it's it's just communicating to the um, patient and talking about the patient's experiences, um, past experiences, expectations, um, what do they think is normal. But in principle, it's just about the timing, literally. So you struggle with premature ejaculation. Has it always been there? Is it a new thing? If it's new, what was the normal ejaculation time? What is it now? And we make a diagnosis based on the history. And I suppose it affects a man in various ways, especially emotionally. Yes. So um, I think what I see a lot is the men are very embarrassed about this. They are worried that they are not pleasing their partner. Um, they, Because of this, they develop a f- performance anxiety and then that goes over to a sexual avoidance pattern. So it is quite an emotional journey and roller coaster. Yeah, and then it must influence a couple's relationship. Yes, it does. So like I said, um, if you get to a point where you avoid sex, 
you avoid intimacy as well and that affects the partner so what i always tell my patients well the most common reason a patient comes in to talk to me about their premature ejaculation is i'm worried about not pleasing my partner so obviously the longer you can um, last if we can say it like that then it's more pleasurable for you as well but the main reason men come in is they are worried about the lack of pleasure for their partner and what I always, I, it's not related to the question you asked, but I just want to emphasize this is that most women, if it's a heterosexual relationship, if it's, if it's a lady that you're worried about, if you ejaculate within two minutes or seven minutes, a female's not going to have more pleasure because the penis is inside the vagina three minutes longer. So it's about understanding what sexual stimulation your partner needs. And if it's starting, starting to affect the relationship, talk about what your partner needs. What do they experience as pleasure? And then you can focus on different forms of sexual play. So once again, it's a question of communicating. Yes. Yeah. As we said, this is such a, a sensitive issue. Um, and I imagine many men would not easily seek help. If someone is listening to this podcast, what would you say to them? I think if you understand that it's such a common problem, it's easier to wrap your head around you're not alone, it's not your fault, um, specifically if it's a lifelong primary condition, it's most probably your genetic material and your genetic makeup that leads to this. So it's nothing to be shameful about. Um, and I think just bite the bullet because it's such an easy condition to treat. It is one of the easiest sexual dysfunctions to treat. So then if you can just wrap your head around that, bite the bullet and see a doctor. Right. Before we come to the treatment, now we're talking about the partner of this person. How can the partner best support the husband or the same-sex partner in this situation? Well, I think support goes in different directions. I think the first thing with support is trying to understand the emotions your partner is experiencing. Um, the partner is experiencing shame, the partner feels embarrassed. So try to support your partner emotionally in the sense of, it's okay, um, I don't need a penis inside the vagina for 10 minutes to be in love with you or have a good sex life or have a good relationship. So try to support in the sense that you understand what the partner is going through. And the other thing is that if there's a concern and you want to raise it, if your partner didn't come to you and say, listen, I'm going to see a doctor because I'm worried about my ejaculation time. If you feel that you want to address it, don't do it in the bedroom. Don't do it while you are so intimate because it can be very, very difficult and cause so much harm if you raise a concern while you're intimate. So you can maybe mention something. Oh, you know what, my love? I listened to this podcast on premature ejaculation. It's super common and it's so easy to treat. Let's go together and get help and make it about yourself as well. So it's not that it's your partner that's affected, but it's a relationship problem. Do you often see couples coming in? Not, actually, not that common. Um, not with premature ejaculation. Often with other things like erectile dysfunction, yes. But premature ejaculation, interesting enough, it's usually the men that come in alone. Mm -hmm. And now we come to the treatment. You said it can be treated quite easily. Yes. So um, there are a few things that we can focus on. We can think about psychological aspect of it and the more you're anxious about this problem, the performance anxiety leads to a 
heightened excitability almost and you ejaculate because you're so anxious about it so it's always important to think about the psychological part and um, psychosexual therapy so one can see a sex therapist about it but from a medical side we can start off with local um, numbing creams and local anesthetics that you can apply on the tip of the penis to decrease the sensation but the gold standard for treatment for premature ejaculation is antidepressants selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs it's actually one of the most common antidepressants that people use and what we noticed is that the serotonin if we increase the serotonin serotonin delays ejaculation it puts a damp on everything so that's the mainstay mainstay treatment mm. and you mentioned a sex therapist could you just maybe explain what a sex ther therapist does so um, they focus on the psychotherapy so they can teach you mindfulness they can focus on the relationship so if we think about sexology as a spectrum we can think about different categories and myself i'm a sexual health um, doctor so i focus on the medical side of things and a sex therapist is either a counselor or a psychologist trained in sexology that focus on the psychological aspect of things And you often work in a multidisciplinary yes, way. Yes, we always go for that approach because we just get better results. Do you have further advice for a man who experiences premature ejaculation? Yes. Um, so if, if you Google, you'll come across a thing they talk about as the stop-start-squeeze technique. And in that way, you can almost teach yourself to delay ejaculation. And what that entails is you masturbate up to a point where you feel the need to ejaculate. And then you stop, you squeeze the tip of the penis till that sensation goes away and you start again. And you continue with that till you get to a point where you can lengthen the time. That's not that effective if you always struggle with premature ejaculation. So it's more effective if it's something that developed later. You can try using condoms to decrease the sensation. Some people um, would say they've noticed that if they masturbate before um, being intimate with their partner, that also delays ejaculation. So there's a few things that you can try. Mm. And what I still wanted to ask you, I read somewhere that if someone presents with erectile dysfunction and premature ejaculation, uh, the erectile dysfunction is usually treated first. Yes. So um, th that's what I mentioned earlier, I touched on it, that if you have premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction, what, for instance, if you have lifelong premature ejaculation, you've always been able to compensate for it because you were young, you can't get a second erection, so you ejaculate too quickly, but it's fine. I'm 20 years old, I can get an erection quickly again and I can compensate. But the older you get or if you get um, erectile dysfunction, you can't get a second erection. You can't compensate for it anymore. So we start off with treating the erectile dysfunction first. And if you can last, keep the erection for a longer time, sometimes the ejaculation gets delayed to a certain point. Or if you ejaculate too quickly, at least you can get an erection quite quickly again. Yeah, once again, it's, it will help to see someone who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jeray, where can people learn more about the work you do? So, um, we've got two active websites, the My Sexual Health website 
and I've got my own website, Dr. Jerai Sarfontaine. We are quite active on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, the My Sexual Health um, site, as well as myself. So my Instagram handle is Dr. Jerai, and on Facebook it's Dr. Jerai Sarfontaine. So basically, if you just Google, you'll find us. Yeah, and I'll also link the web addresses to this podcast. And now your three best tips on how to negotiate sex as a new parent. So um, the first thing is understand that this too shall pass. You are tired, there's pain after cesarean section or after normal delivery, your hormones are all over the place, there's vaginal dryness, and this will get better with time. So just be patient, this too shall pass. The second thing is, it's all about intimacy, not sex. So focus on being intimate together and touching each other and being sensual and not just on penetrative sex. And there's a new baby in the house or as the kids grow a bit older they just walk into the room and planned sex is better than no sex so talk about the times of the day that suits both of you maybe there's a time where you can just get your um, kid to watch a short story um, or plan date nights or just planned sex is better than no sex thank you and now for your fun question I know you have two boys And I'm sure they talk about dinosaurs now and then. (laughs) My question is, what would the best place in your house or garden be for a dinosaur egg to hatch? Oh, (laughs) Um, um, my youngest talks about a hum. A dinosaur is a hum. So a hum egg will most probably... We've got a play area with the sandpit. I think that's a very appropriate place for the hum to hatch. And then it's outside and then um, everyone can just play with the dinosaur. <laughs> Spoken like a true mother. <laughs> <laughs> Not inside the house, please. <laughs> Thank you for talking to us about this difficult subject. Thank you, Marie. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in upping your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneyman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, And the music is by Mart-Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.